exalted to be praised. Amen. Glory to his name. Amen. The gift of God and the calling of God that's on your life will work when you're around many people. If you're just witnessing to just one, it's not crowds that enable and empower the gift of God on your life. Your calling is to uh, be activated at the time that God has given you an assignment. Amen. So we're not here to impress or to perform or to call a bunch of people around, but we're here just to give God glory, honor, and praise that's due to his holy name. Amen. Amen. When you were by yourself this morning in your bed, God blessed you and called you into life. Amen. You you went to sleep trusting in God, and God woke you up this morning. Look at you clothed in your sound and your right mind. We thank God for this, and we thank God for those who uh, couldn't be with us, but by way of uh, online services, they're there, and we certainly thank God for what he's going to do in this place. My assignment this morning, amen, is going to just begin something that we will continue for the next several weeks, Um, and I believe that it's vital and it's very important that God has spoken into uh, my life these words. Let them come on in, please, that we're going to uh, open up and share with you through the scriptures. Amen. The first uh, portion of scripture will be found in the Gospel of Luke, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 13. Luke 4, verses 1 through 13. Amen. Luke 4, verses 1 through 13. I know that you're already there because you guys are studious and you're committed and you bring your Bibles to church. Amen. Amen. It's like sitting to the table with a steak and no fork or knife. Amen. Amen. Luke 4, verses 1 through 13, we're lifting up the word of God. The word reads, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. When they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into an high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, If I said, It is, 
it, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter. And we're going to look at two verses there, NIV. You can read along with the King James Version if you don't have NIV. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 through 14. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14. Paul tells us, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Amen. Just from those scriptures, I know I'm talking to somebody in the room or online this morning. And for this thought, I want us to preach this morning, stand firm. Can you just look at somebody around you this morning and just encourage them, tell them, stand firm. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your word. We thank you for your presence, for we acknowledge your presence. We thank you, O oh God, that you'll move in this place. Father, if you don't move, no one can be saved. No one can be delivered. We will not have a seed for life, Father God. We honor you in the name of Jesus. Have your way, Lord, said the captive free. Glorify your name. In spite of me, Lord, use me now. I surrender to you, O oh God. Use me. Speak through me. Glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand firm. What a word for this hour. What a word of encouragement for this particular and very hour and season that we're in. God is calling us to stand firm. Not on anything shaky, not on a splinter, not on things that, that are indecisive, but God is calling us to stand firm on his word. Standing firm means that we ought to refuse to change our position. Standing firm means that we are to hold on and not be moved. Standing firm means that now that you've read it, now you've got to know it and believe it. Let it fill you completely and stand firm in it. When you read your Bible, it's not just for that moment. This is something preparing you for something even ahead of you. God is telling you, get ready, stand firm, and be courageous, stand guard, because everything that I've just handed you will be threatened by someone who don't want you to have it. He wants to take it from you, not so much that you will look crazy, but he wants to remove it from you so that I will look like I did you a dishonor. How many know that God is faithful to his word? God is going to do exactly what God said he's going to do. He's going to keep his promise. God has never taken his hand off of you. God has never left you alone. That's his word of promise to us. And we have to stand firm on that no matter what we see or no matter what's going on around us. Last week when I was in looking at this and God began to open me up into some things that we have to deal with even in our own lives and in-house. I can only speak to the place that God has called me to speak to and touch the lives and the ears of the people that God has called me to, to serve. 
And, and the Lord is saying to me, he said, now listen, I want you to understand, from the beginning in the garden where I placed man, I want you to understand that man did not have to be a gardener because I grew everything for him. Yet man did encounter a gardener, someone who something in the earth had not been planted yet. So Satan, in the form of the serpent, became the gardener to get his seed in our lives so that he could bring forth what he desired from us in the earth. And it was through the door of man that Satan began to manifest all his evil and devices through the knowledge of good and evil. It was already there, but man was not subject to it because it was not planted in him. Amen. In other words, even from the beginning, God is telling us that you can benefit from nothing that's not planted in you. You are affected by nothing that's not planted in you. Let them laugh at you. Let them talk about you. Let them gather around you and look crazy. You cannot be affected unless you allow them to plant something in you. And from there, I said, okay, now, if, if we're not allowing God, and you know, when Jesus began his ministry, he began to speak to us from a parable talking about a sower sowing seed. Amen. You remember the parable. There are things that God is trying to show us and to teach us. And he's saying to me in this text, he's saying now, listen, I want you to understand that not only is he in uh, the, the line of husbandry or trying to be a gardener, but do you know that the enemy specializes in taxidermy? Most of you know what taxidermy is. You've been around places and, and gone to eat in places where on the walls and even in some people's houses, they have heads of animals that are on the wall. And when you look at it, if it's in the dark, it can frighten you because everything is intact. The eyes, the horns, the mouth, the, however they got them, they're showing fangs and tucks. It looks like the real deal. Everybody knows that taxidermy is the art of preparing and stuffing something and mounting it on the wall just for display. Amen. It, it, it involves arranging the animal's outer covering or his skin around a fake shell. It looks real, but it's empty. It's just a form. It's just his skin wrapped around what looks to be a real thing. He wants you to see it like it was when it was alive. Seems to me like COVID has, has, has given the church this taxidermic effect to where we have the shell, the covering of church, but on the inside we're empty. No prayer, no praise, no joy. Nothing really going on on the inside. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? It looks like the body of Christ, but it's just covered in something fake. Empty. Spiritual taxidermy. We got Bibles, but we're empty. Something just stretched over us to look like we are the called out ones. Spiritual taxidermy. The body looks real. It looks alive. But you know what? That's just what it looked like when it was alive. On the inside, it's empty. It's dead. There's nothing going on. Amen. I would not want to be in this hour just an empty shell. There's some things being tossed at us like never before. There, there are some things that we're dealing with like never before. Pushed up on us. You don't want to be found empty. 
You want to be found lacking, just looking like a believer, dressing up on Sunday and looking like you're full of the Holy Ghost when you are empty. And guess what? The devil sees and the devil knows. The devil can discern the real deal. He knows the name of those who are called by the name of the Lord or those who are just with their hands stuck up in the air and they're just taxidermy on a pew. They're empty of praise with their hands just lifted, looking like a praiser, looking like a worshiper, but you're empty on the inside. And don't think that you have anything to give God glory for. Taxidermy. Pictures on the wall. Remembering what it used to be. What it used to look like. But now it's just something stretched over. An empty frame. Amen. We need to stand firm in the victory that God has already given us through Jesus Christ. How many know that God gave us victory through Jesus Christ? You know it beyond any shadow of a doubt. You don't have to doubt. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to ask anybody about it. That is just your praise. It's just right there. I'm locked in and I'm standing firm. Jesus died for me and I am confident Amen. that I have victory. Amen. Do I have any believers like that in here? Or online sitting in your house, cozied up with your bathrobe on and your cup of coffee. Somebody ought to just have patted their feet to know that they have the victory. Because of Jesus. And see, look, no matter what the enemy strategically challenges us with, it doesn't matter what he brings up to us, don't take it. Stand firm on what God has already spoken over your life. Don't take nothing the devil offers you. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care how he tells you it's going to perform for you. Don't take it from the hands of the devil. It's not going to turn out good. It's not going to be good for you. And he can show you some mighty things. He can show you some stuff right at a moment in your life. It'll be the very thing that you think you needed the most. You've been all depressed and lonely sitting around in your living room, listening to love songs and looking at love stories on the TV and crying. And then something knocks on the door that looks like a man but really just a player. And all they're trying to do is get up on you. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. They don't rolled up to the door and they look just like the real thing. But let me just tell you, ain't nothing but a game. The devil knows how to send that taxidermy right to your door. It looks like a man, but it's just wrapped up in flesh. Ain't nothing on the inside. Amen. Amen. See, it, it, it's just fake and phony. How important is it to you as a believer to live a life that God gives, that gives God glory in every season? How important to you is it to live a life that gives God glory in every season. Because there are times in your life, let me just tell you, it's, you're not, it's not going to always be a happy, pretty time. I don't know who deceived the church into thinking that if you go to church every Sunday, if you pray every day, if you go to Bible study, if you do nothing but sit down and read your Bible for the first three hours of your day, every day of your life, that you are not going to have some days where things are just on you heavy where every day is not going to feel like a happy, sunny day. I'm a living witness. I'm not as old as some of y'all in here, but I know all of us have lived long enough to know that we are going to experience some days that are not going to always make us feel like we are really blessed. Notice I said, feel like. 
I'm not going to let my feeling like I'm, I'm blessed deceive me into thinking that I'm not blessed or vice versa. It's not about my feelings. It's me standing firm on what God has already said, on the work that Jesus has already completed. Amen. Right after the voice of God, the enemy will always come and try to twist what God has revealed to you according to his word. The text says that Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, being full of the Holy Ghost, after his baptism by John was being led by the Spirit, full of the Holy Ghost, meaning that the Spirit was given to him, poured out, poured without measure upon him, without measure all before him were servants. Everybody before Jesus were just servants. But God calls Jesus his son. God has given him all things. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. He's prophet, priest, and king. He's judge, universal. He's king of kings and he's lord of lords. God poured it out without measure on him. Colossians 2 and 9 says that for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's what the word of God says, giving us the identity of who we're talking about here. He is being led by the spirit into the wilderness. When you're not going somewhere favorable and you know the voice of God and you know that you're full of the spirit of God and he's leading you somewhere where your eyes and your feeling and your thoughts are telling you this is not favorable. But the spirit is saying this is where I'm taking you. Do you still walk in obedience with God as to where the spirit of God is leading you? Wherefore, 40 days he was attacked and tempted by the devil. He was in direct spiritual combat with the enemy. Is there been a time in your life where you know that you've been right under attack? That you were in combat, direct combat with the enemy? Things seem to be going crazy around and in your life. People flipping and twisting around on you like you never thought they ever would before. I'm telling have you ever been in a time and a season in your life where it seems like everything that was right side up got turned upside down? where things begin to fade and melt right away in your face. You had it, and you had more than enough, but somehow or another, all of it just began to fade away. Have you ever been there when you were just right under attack and the phone didn't ring or you didn't get a text notification and nobody put anything on your Facebook page except for issues and problems? People don't know pastor's phone number until they have an issue or a problem. Ain't nobody trying to check on you. You're supposed to be full of the Holy Ghost. You're supposed to be praying for everybody else. You don't supposed to have problems. You're not a natural man. I remember you preaching out two hours like an unnatural man. Wasn't even tired. You don't have issues. You don't deal daily with devils, seen or unseen. Because there's some devils you can really see. You better discern. They may be disguised, but it ain't nothing but taxidermy. It looks like light, but it's full of darkness. Come on, somebody. You, 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 I'm telling you that, that, that when you're in spiritual combat, you don't, don't, don't just lay around and wallow. Stand firm on the spirit that led you into it and the word that God had just spoke to you. How easily you forget the word that you read at home before you went to work when you get to work it seems like all hell breaks loose. 
You forget all about the peace that surpasses understanding. You forget all about by the stripes you're healed. You forget all about bless the Lord at all times. You forget about all of that and you just fall and soak right into an atmosphere of spiritual defeat. Because you ran into one lie and it just tore through your armor. Look at somebody and say, you better stand firm. You're in direct spiritual combat with the enemy. I'm only talking to people who are trying to live this thing instead of just knowing all about it. It's going to be boring to you if, if, you, if you're still struggling to believe whether God is real or somebody told you that it doesn't take all of that and all this is just something in there. So many other religions and everybody can be saved and included. You, when Jesus is not the only, I'm not talking to you. I'm only talking to the people who right now believe that Jesus is the only way, the narrow way. Come on, somebody. Enter God. There's no other way. Matter of fact, there's no other God but Jesus. He's the only one that can help you. He's the only one that can keep you in this spiritual combat. And we're in an hour of combat. I promise you that. You may not be fighting back, but there's something with its foot on your neck holding you down until you learn how to fight back. See, now we know that the enemy is no match for God. We understand that. But we've got to remember that Jesus is the Son of God and the Son of Man. He can't come up on God. But because Jesus is a man, y'all hear what I'm saying? He, he, Jesus has humbled himself and made himself subject to the laws of man. For 40 days, he was under intense spiritual attack. Warfare, and so much so that it seems he had no consciousness of his own bodily needs because he was in a body. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? And, 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 and it's at that moment of physical weakness that the devil shoots his biggest guns. Not only to Jesus, but he shoots his biggest gun with you when you're at your moment of hunger, at your moment of weakness, when your flesh raises up. Whenever you're at that state of weakness. He's never wanted you more than when your flesh was so alive and you were more sensitive to your needs. Physical needs. He never was on you so bad until you saw that car you had to have and you wanted it so bad that you would work three jobs and, 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 and sleep deprave yourself just to get it. That you would forget about that you needed sleep so that you could maintain good health. And you worked your way into the car, but you died and couldn't drive it. You work your way into stuff, and then you die and can't enjoy it. Some of us live to gain the whole world, and then we lose our soul. Work all your life and penny pinch all your life, and you're going to die and leave it to somebody. You can't take it with you. You can write your check for it. The check won't. It'll be good, but you can't use it. What are you going to do? Even if you could spend it, what you going to do with it, spirit? You don't need it in the grave. You don't need your Cadillac in the grave. You don't need your house on the hill in the grave. You don't need all of them fake eyes and wigs and hair in the grave. Why do you want to just look good, taxidermy, and be empty? I hope somebody is listening. 
in here or online, you ought to rock in your chair, change positions, and just say amen some kind of way. God would have me to tell you that though it looks like in combat that the devil is getting the best of you, but God is saying it's my way of showing you that things are about to change gears. We're about to pick up some more speed. Come on, somebody. We're just shedding off some dead weight. Things that can't go with us and won't go with us into another place with God. Keep finding excuses not to be a part of your calling. Finding excuses not to be on your post. Finding excuses not to be committed to God. And think that you're distracting and causing the ministry to limp. But I'm telling you, we're picking up speed because we're in direct contact. And everything the devil is doing, we got a word that we're standing firm. Look at somebody and say, stand firm on your word. Stand firm on your word. Jesus was so engulfed in this spiritual warfare that he disregarded a consciousness to his own bodily needs. Have you ever been wrapped up in something? I'm going to tell you what it is. We're wrapped up in video games or our mom and daddy can call us for four hours. We're not going to eat till everything got cold and everybody's in the bed and the food has been put up because we were so distracted with that video game trying to get to the end of it. Hello. See, I'm, I'm old school. I remember playing Street Fighter. I beat Bison. I beat them all. I, could, I wouldn't stop until I beat them all. And once I got them, I started over again. At another level. See, the game has different levels. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? You forgot about you were hungry. You played that game for 40 days and 40 nights. And didn't eat anything. Wasn't thirsty. Didn't call anybody to bring you anything. You were so engulfed and distracted by what you were doing, you were not conscious anymore of anything else around you. I remember growing up, uh, looking at some kids growing up, not when I was growing up, it's been crazy. Looking at some kids growing up, and when you put Barney on, this big purple dinosaur, they would be mesmerized. If they cutting up, showing out, just acting the monkey, put Barney on. He got them. You can go to sleep. You can wash the clothes. You can wash the car. Come back in the house. They still sitting there mesmerized being a big purple dinosaur. I don't know what Barney had, but it worked. Just give them Barney. And they'll stop everything they're doing, and he'll captivate their attention. Am I telling the truth? And you think that there's nothing in this book that can cause you to forget about all of your physical needs for a time. And you think that there's nothing in this book that'll cause you to turn your plate over just for five hours in a day and give yourself to prayer and fast. And you don't think there's enough word in this book to awaken you to a state to where you forget about how hungry you are, how cute you are, how you look in front of everybody else, the things that you have and turn it over. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to lay before God and call on the name of God. I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to deny myself of my natural needs. Whenever you know how he wants to kill you, whenever you understand that you're in this kind of spiritual warfare, you will turn that plate over for some hours that you never thought you would. 
Anybody live long enough to know that you can fast and pray for longer than what you thought? I tell you what. Let mama, grandmama, even yourself go to the hospital and they tell them that they don't have but X amount of days to live. I promise you the whole family will begin to say we got to fast and pray. Whenever they cannot discern whether it's the will of God or whether it's a spiritual attack or a demon. Now, whenever you read the Bible, aren't you mesmerized that there were times when people were even sick in Scripture that really the doctor could not find anything wrong with them? But when Jesus cast out the devil, that's when the sickness left them? And I'm talking to somebody in here or online. The doctor can't even find out why you swole, why you hurting, what's going on with you. He can't see anything on the MRI. He can't x-ray you and find it. He gives you something to look all in your head. Everything is fine. Can't find a thing. Let me just tell you, you're under spiritual attack. And when we get that devil out, then all the symptoms are going to leave with him. Your child going to sit down and act like he's normal. Thank you, Holy Ghost. See, now that right, right there, right there. Right there is something powerful going on in the text. <laughs> it's whenever God births and gives and quickens in me things like that. That's when I want people to listen and hear what God is saying. Listen, don't try to over-medicate your children. you got to learn how to speak the word of God over their lives and stand firm on it. And every time that devil raises up to try to cast them in the fire and then cast them in the water, you got to know how to find some help. And let me just tell you, I had to learn over the 26 years of pastoring Dick that everybody don't want pastoral help. Some people just want a preacher. Some people just want a box to fill in. They want an officer. They don't want a pastor. They just want somebody they can beat, kill, worry, and kill and just, and just throw them to the side and vote and pick up another one. But the devil is a lie. I learned some six over 26 years. I, I learned some sense. I learned how to discern. Learn how to discern, Brandon, because people will lay unnecessary weights on you. They don't mean to do it. Let me just, let me, I'm, I'm, coming, I'm coming back to that because we're still in this 40 days of attack. <laughs> we're still, we're looking at the enemy's most strategic moment to cause things to flare up in your life. I know what I'm talking about. I couldn't preach to you if I hadn't lived it. In hours and times of your weakest, when it seems like you're the one in a circle and they just calling numbers and everybody running out and hitting you, and you're at your weakest moment, but you still won't stay down, you keep getting back up. That's when the devil shot his biggest gun. Anybody a witness with me? You were already hurting and he's tried to slap you right where the pain was. It looked like everything, you were losing everything still, and he still tried to come and get what little bit you were trying to hold on to. But you got to keep getting back up. You got to have some tenacity. You got to learn how to bounce back. Stand firm. In every season. And truly, I thank God for seasons. Because that means that nothing is going to last in this realm forever. It has a season. Sickness only has a season. Heartache only has a season. That man or that woman that walked away from you, it was going to hurt only for a season. Don't, don't let it stop you from getting to the real thing, for forming a real relationship. God has just given you an eye of discernment to know what taxidermy is and what a real man is. Somebody just stretched it, got covered up. It's a shell. It ain't a man. He got skin and muscles. It's not real. 
empty and vice versa because it's a lot of stuff running around with folk with fake stuff on them. Amen. They want it to work right, but it can't because God didn't put it there. God has a way of placing you in a position by the Spirit to where your sensual needs will not appeal to you, your appetite, as much as now your spiritual sensitivity is. You ever been there? You ever flipped the script to where you, 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 your, your spiritual needs, when you got up this morning and your stomach was growling and before you could run to the coffee pot or the toaster or, or get those pancakes from Cracker Barrel, you, you, you had to get down on your knees and something wouldn't let you up. You ended up being late for work because somehow or another you prayed longer than what you thought you should. And on the way to work, you passed by a wreck that actually could have been you. I'm not telling you that somebody else had to get it, but I'm saying you, God kept you. Am I right? There are sometimes you may have gotten off work early to come home and find some things that were going on because the devil tries to run routine on you. Sometimes you got to slide home just a little bit early. Sometimes you got to go to school and walk down the halls and see what's going on. Sometimes you got to go up to the teacher and say, what's that kid's name? And you know his name because it's your kid. But you got to say, what is that kid telling them my name is, his name is? Hello. They're at school calling themselves Betty, and you know that's Brian. Okay. It sounds funny, but it's going on right now today, right in our lives. So now the enemy says what God said at Jesus' baptism. This is my son, is what God told Jesus, in whom I am well. The son of God, if you are. See, God just told him he was. Now, the devil is using the word, but he uses it in a way to cause us to doubt God. He says, now, if you are the son of God, he said, turn these stones into bread. Isn't that what he said? That's what he said. He said, if you are, if you are, this questionable thing. He says, if you are the son, then turn this bread this stone into bread. He quotes what God said, but he is tempting Jesus to move and to forfeit his human state. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He, he's now in only, uh, only for, he, he's in this human state only for our sakes. No natural man could turn stone into bread. Nobody but Jesus, the Christ. Come on, somebody. Mary's baby couldn't do it. It was Jesus, the Christ, that could do it. He's turned stone into bread. The only way he could do that is if he would have forfeited the state of humility that he came in so that we could be made right with God. A natural man can't do that. A natural man can't walk on water. So when Jesus found out what this devil was trying to mess with, he went to the word again. He stood firm on the word again. He says, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth 
of our God. If God just wills it in the word, he can cause food to fall out of the sky. If God just wills it in the word, he can cause a stick to bud and grow as if it had roots. If he just wills it. After 430 years, tell me he can't set you free. If he just wills it, he can speak at 4245 and heal in Winston or, or Moxville if he just, man cannot live by sustaining the natural state alone. But the spirit takes precedence over the natural. I wish somebody came to church today. Every word. Even in this hungry, weak state, he remains subject to being under the laws of a natural man. And some of us just get an inch of an anointing. And we go to work and somebody run up to us and say, I bet you can't heal so-and-so. She's been sick for I don't know how long. And everybody prayed for her. And I saw you at church Sunday. You laid hands on ten folk. And I declare, every one of them was saved. They got, they got healed and, and the disease is gone. Now, now I bet you this, if you're real, if you're really naughty, I want you to lay hands on my cousin over there. And show everybody in here that you got the gift. Boy, you go to twirling. You go to jumping and trembling and shaking because now you got to prove something to somebody that you already know. How long do you have to prove that your name is Robin? If you don't believe me, go on and leave me alone because I ain't trying to tell you. I don't have to prove to you. Robin Donnell Campbell, you don't have to prove nobody it is written ain't it Creola it is written Robin Donnell Campbell that settles it we ain't got to fast we ain't got to pray we don't have to do anything it's settled God Almighty I wish somebody could hear where I'm going have you ever received a word or even a title along with the works from God and you didn't need nobody to pat you on the back for it? You didn't need nobody to vote you into it. You didn't need nobody to prove that you could do it. You just lived to the glory of God. You just did it to the glory of God. Didn't nobody say, well, I tell you what, y'all need to get Sister Shalana because, boy, I tell you, she can pray good God of mine. And she's standing over there just, Red Rover, Red Rover. You know, just waiting on somebody because they're going, she's saying all the way up here. You've been to them places where they're saying all the way up to where they got, and all they wanted to do was to just read a scripture. They start way in the back. And they'll sing all the way up here. And finish the song. And then read one scripture. Sing all the way back to the sea. And sit down. Looking around to see. 
who sees them. Is that giving God glory? Is that operating in the gift and calling that's on their lives? Let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. You can be gifted. And you can operate tremendously in that gift. You can cast out devils and you can heal the sick. But Jesus will look on you and say, depart from me. For I never knew you. Worker of iniquity. And you're saying, well, how can they cast out devils? And how can they heal the sick and God not know them? Because like some of us, we want things from his hand, but we don't want his hand. We want his blessing, but we don't want him. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. People that saying good, everybody that's saying good, ain't going to heaven. Some people that know how to cry and get it just right, but they ain't praising God. It's taxidermy. They, they, they always like that. Hello. I don't even like to see them in the grocery store. Because it's embarrassing, you know. You sitting here trying to pick out a good chicken. And here they go running up. I'm, can I just get my chicken? I ain't nobody prophesying to you in here over these chickens. See, they just want to be seen. Y'all don't know nobody like that. They just want to be seen doing what they can do. Thinking it might just grow somebody to them. See, if you're trying to grow you and not glorify him, then you got your glory. You got your reward. Boy, I tell you, you did a good job. But you need to hear heaven tell you, well done. Some people are satisfied with other folks speaking well of them, but heaven don't know them. Look at somebody say, you better stand firm. You're going to have to do more than that to smoke me out. I'm telling you, I understand God. We can do a lot of things, but God will not share his glory. All the glory is to God. And whenever we stand and do what we do, we need to do it to the glory of God. Look at somebody and say, ain't no half-stepping when I'm in my gift. I'm doing what God called me to do. Tell them, ain't no half-stepping. I'm going all the way with this thing. If God wants me to sing, I'm going to sing to the glory of God. If he wants me to pray, I'm going to pray to the glory of God. If he wants me to pass out bread and fish, I'm going to pass it out to the glory of God. And I'm going to come back around with a basket to take up whatever else. I'm going to do it to the glory of God. Whatever it is, I want to be pleasing in the sight of God. Eh? I'm not trying to draw any attention to me. So I thank you for always overlooking me. Because I don't want the big head. I want God to get the glory. Because if you hang around long enough and hear a trumpet sound, you're going to see my heels being lifted up off of this ground. There you go. He gone now. See, we need to understand what's valuable. And was not. Amen. Amen. Moving just a little farther, 1147. You can live out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He can heal your soul with a word. He can heal your body with a word. He commands spirits. Armies of angels come to fight on you. Because of his word. On your behalf. 
so you can win. But you give him the glory. Don't you be out there one time by yourself and everything at you falls and you start talking about, I'm bad, ain't I? I can be Bruce Lee. No, no, no. You give glory to God because it was that angelic host. It wasn't that you got away in school because you could run so fast from the shooter. It's because angels do in camp. Come on. It wasn't because you could drive so good and swerve that the truck missed you. Angels. Do you understand? Give him the glory. Give him the glory. And if God uses whoever to raise up and to be a voice to you, listen to God and not get stuck on people. But be able to discern who God is using and who he's not. Look at somebody that just encourage them to stand firm. Stand firm. Amen. We realize and we know from scripture that bread is not the only thing that keeps a man alive. God can feed men with bread from heaven. Can he do it? Just like he did with the Israelites in the wilderness. He did it. If God fed them, surely he would feed Jesus. Jesus knew it. In other words, Jesus says, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust the Father to meet my need in my humble state. I know that if I stay in his will, he'll take care of all that I need. If I stay in his will, he'll take care of me. Amen. And because we don't know God, we struggle to believe God. Is there anybody in here right now can acknowledge anybody that they know? I mean, do you know anybody? Well, you won't tell it. You know somebody. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that if we brought a report to you and said that uh, Kennedy was at school cutting the plum monkey. She pulled out a switch babe from her bosoms and she was walking down the hall saying some of the most ungodly things. And said she'll never play basketball another day in her life. Now when you don't know Kennedy, you know that's the complete opposite of who she is. Hello. So why is it that whenever that kind of spirit comes in her, we can't discern that that ain't her. We start condemning her. I told you it wasn't nothing until I see. see, 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 see. That's what we do. That's what church folk do. We can't help folk. Because we don't believe. It's taxidermy. When you find out that the building you go to and you know, and you, come on, when you find out that the ministry you're a part of ain't really church, it's just all dressed up to get you to feel a certain way, to look like a certain thing, you better get your hat, your wig, your coat, and everything you bought in there and get out of there. Shout, stand firm. firm. See, we don't know God. We struggle to believe God. Struggling to get things from God rather than to know God. God is able to bless you in places that look like no blessings could ever happen there. God is able to keep you in places where somebody said it was dry and unproductive. When others have said nothing and ever come of it, God has a way of blessing you right there anyway. You don't have to have a crowd around you to know that you've been gifted and called by God, anointed. Come on, somebody. God will hide you away and keep you covered until a season 
Whenever God uncovers you, then you run out of there and you show forth the glory of God. Don't ever let it be about you making a name for yourself. Humble yourself and be where God has called you to be and serve them. It may not be 500. It was time I was antsy. The time I wanted to go, these people don't want to do nothing. They don't want to grow. They don't think big. Don't want to grow. Always want to just sell, sell chicken and chitlins and all kind of stuff rather than to be obedient and be committed to give to God. I don't want to be a part of something that don't want to live and don't want to grow to the glory of God. You can get locked in yourself and what you want. And if you move outside of the will of God, you lose your covering. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have moved outside of the will of God. Them boys would have been smoke and ashes. Amen. If they stay in his will, God blessed them in places that no one ever could ever be blessed in. Fire wouldn't even burn them. Amen. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? Amen. Blessed in unproductive places because you stayed in the will of God. Next, the enemy offers Jesus kingship. I'm hurrying on. Got about eight minutes. Next, the enemy offers Jesus kingship. If he would have worshipped him, he would have given him what he said he had for him to give to him. You see, some people don't care how they get titles and things. They don't care. They'll do anything, even if it means bowing down to the devil, selling their souls for a little pocket change, compromising God's word, overlooking ungodliness. They'll marry two men just to keep their money coming. Anything just as long as they can have some form of power or success over something or somebody. Somebody shout amen. amen. They, they just want to be seen a certain way by people. They're not trying to serve or please God. They're not working out of a genuine heart of love. That's some self-gratifying motive at work. Jesus says, get behind me. Satan, that's what you got to learn sometimes when folk get bold enough to get all up and you roll up in your face with some foolishness. You got to understand it ain't them. You got to tell them, get behind me, Satan. Then tell them, it's written. We should worship the Lord, our God, and serve him only. We ain't coming to sing because we like pastor. We ain't coming to worship because some man came and he preached us to a tune and the keyboard played and uh, 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 Tashia and, and, and Kendra got up and shouted, which we ain't never seen them do. And that's our witness that God is in the house. Tashia can shout right now. Y'all ain't seen no shout. That girl that put down some shouting because she want to. See, do you understand? See, we got everything that we got hinged on something other than because God said it. Amen. We'd rather stand firm on anything rather than what God said. We should worship him and him alone, nobody else. That's it. There, there are some things you think you're not worshiping, but let somebody try to take it away from you. You feel like you can't live without it. Name one, that cell phone. Amen. Some of us can't live 15 minutes without it. You take that cell phone from some folk. They'll turn into Chucky. Y'all know who Chucky is. Lord have mercy. 
And see, then, then, then the enemy, he, he moves in to question whether or not God keeps his promises. All these things, now I'm telling you, this is what the church is dealing with in this hour. This, this is what the church, the body of Christ, the people of God, the called out ones, the set apart ones, sanctified, saved, and filled with the Holy Ghost. These are the tests and temptations that, this, that the church is dealing with now. Questioning whether or not God keeps his promises. Based on their worldly status. Based on how they're faring in the world. See, you're not supposed to be going through anything. Huh? Because you've earned this blessing. You've earned this salvation, this grace. You've earned, you don't even need grace. Just erase grace out of your Bible because you've lived so good and so right that you deserve it. But what you don't know and what you sleep to is that there's an enemy that's not trying to just kill you. He doesn't stop there. He goes down to your roots and try to take them out too. And you think it's just about this season, he just going to leave you alone for a season. He's, he, he's coming back. He showed up in Peter. Jesus had to say, get behind me, Satan, again. He showed up in Judas. Jesus said, go on and do what you got to do quickly. You understand? He'll show up again. Again. He moves to question whether God keeps his promises. He wanted Jesus to tempt God by jumping off a temple. Come on, dude. Now I done whooped you all the way up here. You, now you have the, you insulting my intelligence. He's using scripture, Psalm 91, to justify why Jesus should jump off the temple. It's written, God will catch you. He'll send his angels. He's going and jump. He got you. Can you sense that? Didn't you see people coming up in church when they got their trust all in bishop and everybody around them? But they got to have somebody standing behind them before they fall. If they come up there and look around they don't see nobody behind them, he can touch them all day. They might sit down, but they ain't going to fall down. Y'all laughing, but guess what? You know I'm telling the truth. I'm going to say like one of the guys say, if I'm lying, tell me. See if you fall backwards. Not until we get Minister Gentry and Brother Robin. They got to be good, strong guys. Huh? Y'all put me back there, me and, me and, me and little Zeke, back, Zach back there. Y'all going to be like, I don't think I'm going to fall today. <laughs> me and Zach going to be like, you're going to fall if you want to. We in line because we want something. <laughs> See, we got our little ways to try to tempt God. He wanted to make us look good. Think about how good you look. You just laying hands on folk and blowing on them and, and turning around and twisting and throwing your hands and folk and just falling. You just taking all that glory and you take the opportune time then to say, Hallelujah. I need five men over here to give $1,000. Hallelujah. See, that's what we do. We're playing, we're trying to pay for stuff. We, 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 we're trying to deceive people. Look at somebody and say, you better stand firm in this hour. See, now listen. God has never made a promise that he didn't intend to keep. God's never promised that he never made a promise that he couldn't keep, that he wouldn't keep. God keeps his promises. He has never lied. 
So if he says it to you, you can count on it. It's going to be done. It's really not based on how much Bible you know. It's based on how much Bible you believe and willing to live, even when it becomes unpopular. See, we are the kind of people who are concerned about everybody taking Bibles out of our kids' hands. But the real believer understands that the real issue the devil has with you is you trying, he's trying to stop you from getting it in their hearts. Because if you get it in their hearts, there ain't no way they can take it out of their hands. Do you understand what I'm saying? He wants this thing to never enter in. He wants them to grow cold in faith and think that whatever pastor's talking about is so boring, I can't understand it, and it doesn't pertain to me anyway. See, we got to get out of that mindset to think that we got to water stuff down so much so that kids can understand that when kids go to school, they're learning math. They're lear they can, you can talk to a kid right now who's about four or five, and you speak to him in French, Spanish, whatever, Swahili, whoever, he'll speak that language. In any other language, you start speaking to him. You can try to do it to that kid now, and he can learn it. Throw him in some water, he'll swim. But just wait till you get old enough to think for yourself and see fear and danger in it. You can't get Minister Gentry to get in the water that come up above his ankles. He ain't getting in it. Somebody just says, stand up. He's still going to be drowning in an ankle-deep water. Because fear does something to you. Kids just trust you. Hello, somebody, if I'm telling the truth, say amen. amen. It's based on the Bible you know and that you're willing to live. It's the word that you've surrendered to that's the strongest in your life. Not the word you quote. It's the word that you have surrendered to that's the strongest in your life right now. I'm closing. I got one more thing because I know I'm overloaded. I've been out of preaching for about two or three weeks, and I feel really good. Listen to me, believer. God has a life for you. But you're going to have to choose it. You're going to have to choose it. It seems that we value more of what the devil is saying than what we do God is saying. Who can you really trust? The father of lies or the truth? We readily say the truth. But then you got to be able to discern. Because right. notice that devil used scripture. Yeah. Amen. Even from the beginning, he used scripture Amen. to twist humanity and to sow himself. See, when we think of seed, we think of all that Jesus, the only one got seed, the devil. They're evil seed. Just like they're good seed. That's why come he says, whatsoever a man sow, that is what he's going to reap. If you sow mess, you got a harvest coming. If you sow hate, you got a harvest coming. If you sow love, come on. If you sow peace. If you so bountifully got them, you got a blessing coming because things happen in seasons. It happens in season. Why aren't we, as I leave you this last point that I want to make, and see, when I, when I move into this, I'm moving into this understanding and knowing before I say it, that I'm not heavily liked or popular, and that's not my goal. So whenever I say it, 
It don't even matter, D. Because I'm charged to tell you the truth. And you have done nobody a favor when you try to cushion the blow. You need to let it hit them right in the mouth. Wake them up. Tell them that the wages of sin is death. But the gift, learn, you the wages, you work for wages. But how many people are working for gifts? I ain't talking about them Christmas gifts because you got to work for them. Santa and Sandy Claw got to bring them. Who works for the gift? It's a gift, baby. Ain't nothing you can do or have to do. Huh? Aren't y'all glad? I'm glad. Listen, why aren't we at the next place of blessedness? Tabernacle? Why aren't we at the next place of blessedness, progressing in our God-given assignments? What God has poured out over all of our lives. Why aren't we growing deacons? Why aren't we growing officers? People who are committed and concerned about the, the, the household of faith. Why aren't we at the next place of blessedness? See, and I'll use the, the, the natural analogy another time we have time about how to get to that, that place of, of blessedness by spiritual promotion. But to, today, I'm just to move forward. See, I want you to understand, you can only help people who have postured themselves to move forward. Right. You can't help people who want to just sit there. Right. I'm speaking to a spirit that is manifest in the ministry that God has called me to speak to. Hmm. Many times, to do what it is that God really wants us to do, it's going to seem out of character. It's going to seem unobtainable to the faithless. It won't be the thing that we think makes us look good or causes us to become popular. We struggle with it. We immediately realize that, that we can't do it all without God. It seems that we're trying to be friends with the world and with God. I thank God for the living word. For the power of his word to help me and to guide me when I feel like I'm by myself. To empower me and I thank God for discernment to tell me the difference between things that he burdens me to carry. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And the things the enemy wants to plan in me and burden me down with and hold me down with a fake deliverance. I need somebody right now to just lift their hands in confidence and faith and just say, there's nowhere. It's no longer in me, nowhere. Whatever it was, you got to declare it in Jesus' name. It's no longer in me, nowhere. Is there anything that you once had that now that you're a believer that you realize it's no longer in you, nowhere? 
to come to church and be ashamed to raise your hand and to give God praise. To come to church and be ashamed to show true emotion to a God that's blessed you and kept you. Not be committed to give one dime or one minute of your time in or out of the church. Listen, because God wants you to be able to tell the difference between what he laid on you, what he's gifted and called you to do, between, the between what the enemy is putting on you. I told you that you can't help everybody. The devil will work through some people to hold you down. You, have you ever tried to help folk that every time you text, call, or just send them out a word? And I know there's some folk in here that send out good inspirational words. I thank God just for the two or three people that will send me a good inspirational word through the week. They do it faithfully. And I thank God for it. Don't bother them when it's real. But if you're just trying to get, you know, Facebook thumbs up and all that kind of mess, don't even bother with fooling with me because I ain't got time with that. See, some people put stuff up there just to see how people are going to respond. When people respond well, they'll post up every 10 minutes. But if nobody says anything, then they start putting down sad, woe is me, and I'm going through. No. No, 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 no. We ain't trying to earn no favors here. See, you've got to learn how to discern what it is that God is putting on you and what it is the enemy is trying to kill you with. See, you're talking to folks sometimes, and all they're doing, the whole time you're talking to them, trying to help them in moments where you know the anointing, the, the Spirit of God is giving you word to give to them, giving you word to give to them. And it means nothing to them until you fall at the level they're on and listen to them question God and complain about how hard it is, the things that they're going through. Listen, we've got folk in here that don't even know who I am until their children start acting like they're crazy. Then you want somebody else to raise them. You want, you want to come talk to me about what he is and what he ain't doing whenever you, he's looked at your example. You've never read a scripture to him. You've never forced him to come to Sunday school. You don't even, they don't even want to be on the church ground and you tolerate it. And then when that seed grows up in them, now you're calling on the deacons. You're calling on associate ministers. You're calling on pastors and bishops everywhere to do what you neglected to do. Listen, you're not going to drive me crazy and wake me up all night with stuff that you are responsible for. Don't go to school cussing out your teachers when you can't even make them sit down at home. It starts at home. Stop looking around in the church trying to find everybody that you think got some kind of scripture to help me. And so-and-so is acting up. They've been acting up. And the reason why is because when we're giving them word, you never bring them around. Never. Off doing something else. I promise you, you will reap everything you sowed in them. Everything. And not only are they going to do it, but if they ever have a child, their child's going to do it. Because the enemy likes to kill your root, but he likes to keep that mess going. And I know like everybody, there's families in here, that there's some things going on in our families that we need to uproot and get it out of our families. Y'all, don't, 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 don't try. I'm, I'm, I, I told you I'm not trying to become popular with you. There's some folk that will not allow you to help them. They don't come to church. For whatever reason, they'll try to burden you down with stuff and you're trying to help them and all they can talk about 
is their problem all the time, all the time. They can never change channels, and you read them a scripture that'll lift them. They don't know how to grab a hold of help and get up on their feet. You can give them crutches, and they don't know how to use them. Put them under their arms and, and learn how to walk. They just want to sit there. That's why for 38 years, and the boy was talking about, I don't have a man. Jesus didn't listen to none of that stink. Jesus said, but do you want to be healed? I don't have time to keep dealing with that. Pastors are dying, having heart attacks, getting divorced, all kinds of stuff because they're trying to carry stuff that they don't have no business carrying. Let me just tell you, look at somebody and even look at me and just say, you are not God. And if they don't understand it that way, look at them and tell them, you ain't God. If I'm doing anything at all of service to you, then my service to you is to teach you how to depend on God. Now, does that mean that I should never call you? No. Does that mean that I should never check on you? No. But it does mean that every time I text, call, or check on you, you're not loading us up with the problem every single last time for the last 10 years. What are you doing? You got teeth and still sucking and biting bottles. And it angers me. It angers me because you start criticizing and patting folk on the back. Now, so-and-so and so, they are always around. That's good because they pacifying you. I'm trying to make you uncomfortable. That's right. She pacifying you. I'm not trying to tell you or cushion the fall if I tell you that lesbianism, LGBTQ2I, whatever ever else they can think of, is deadly and ungodly and you're going to bust hell wide open. It's not that God doesn't love you. It's written. It's not your grandmama's opinion. It's not your mama's opinion. It is the authority and the word of God and it must be uprooted. Otherwise, we're going to be taxidermy. Go on, don't, don't sign on no more. Say, Pastor done lost his mind. He's speaking, you ain't got to worry about that. For God, I'll live. And for God, see, God's going to get the glory. And I bind up every contrary, not only that one, there's some other kind of spirits. There's some self-gratifying spirits. There's some selfish people that try to get up in everybody's Kool-Aid just to make themselves look good. They ain't trying to help you to the glory of God. They ain't trying to bless you to the glory of God. It's all about them getting a pat on the back. It's another checkbox. I'm going to tell you why I know. It's because if you ever get up on your feet, Robin, if you ever get to where you don't need them, they, they think something wrong with you. I wish, Dick, I had somebody in the church that know what I'm talking about. Stop, prayer warrior, worshiper. Stop, intercessor, from letting people that you're trying to help and find out for all these years you can't help. Stop letting them burden you down and keeping you awake at night. And every time you and your husband try to have a moment, you setting up there bringing them out. Well, I tried to talk to Tashia again, and she still hung up on No, man, you've been telling her for five years. Now she got a taste and see. Stop carrying that stuff. Jesus even told us in parables. He said, this tree right here, for years, you've been trying to make it bring forth fruit. And for three years, it hasn't done it. He said, cut it down. Why come with it the ground? He, there is only a time, a season. We shouldn't have to keep calling you wondering, well, why you haven't been to church? And you say, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Born in the church, 
just about in the building. But it's just taxidermy. You want me to show you what, what spiritual taxidermy looks like? <laughs> Ain't nothing in it. They can even freeze the tears on a face. Taxidermy. I ain't through, but I'm going to stop. I'm telling you right now, I'm asking you in Jesus' name to stand firm. Stand firm on the word that God has given you in your life. Now, I don't know what you're exactly going through, but I know that everything you're going through, there's something written concerning it. And if you would stand on what is written and believe it, I promise you, that, that you will cause that devil to leave you alone for a season. You got to go, devil. You got to go. I'm saved and I know I'm saved. There's none of that left in me. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Some folk, the devil got you saying you so full of sin, ain't no way God could ever forgive you. Let me just tell you, God has already forgiven you. All you've got to do is open up your mouth and confess. And whenever you confess, then you got to repent. That means you got to turn and not keep doing the same thing. And he will take it all away to where there'll be nothing left. Look, everybody in here that's truly born again ought to know somebody that knew you when you weren't that can look at you and say, you know what? You a different person. Being born again means something, people. It don't mean you just change clothes and start fashioning a certain way. You've been born again. By the time I finish with this, y'all may want me to leave. But I'm, I'm not going to ignore or tolerate any more of that because it has to be spoken to. And I won't cushion the fall. Well, now, you know, ain't nobody perfect. There is, therefore, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. New creatures? Sin gone? Reborn? Does that mean anything? Stand up when I say this. Get your offering ready. Well, we're going to do your offering after the communion. You stand up on your feet and get your mouth ready. <laughs> Whenever you hear the word of God, and you receive understanding and clarity from that word. And you believe that word. In this Bible that I read, everyone that heard, believed, and received with clarity, immediately their lives, or whatever the problem was, begin to shift and change. You can't hear this, receive this, surrender to it, and believe it, and not see it manifesting, coming forth in your life. Just as impossible as it is in this realm, 
And see, it goes all the way back to Genesis again. You, you, you got to read your Bible. God spoke from heaven, and he caused things in the earth to come forth. Earth needs seed. Heaven don't. Whenever you plant a seed in the earth and good ground, it's coming up. A heart that will receive and surrender and believe the word of God, you will see things immediately shifting in your life. Can you believe that? Do you believe that? You don't have to keep carrying that problem, that pain, that depression, that hurt. If you just would receive the word of the Lord and surrender to it, things will begin to turn in your life. That is the order of God. Just as much as gravity is, you can't jump off this building and get midair and say, okay, we're going to defy gravity. You're still coming down. That is the order of God. Can you hear what I'm saying? And it is the order of God that you believe and receive and surrender to his word. Things that begin to change in your life. I believe it, Lord, for you. Look at somebody and say, I believe that concerning you. Tell them if you just would receive the word of God, you'll see this thing turning. See, we, what we've done with our taxidermy self is we've gotten comfortable not trusting and, and speaking the promises of God over our lives. I'm telling you today, if you've got wayward children, and some of us do and have had, sometimes your hand will work when they're, when they're young enough for you to get their hands. But when they get old enough, now it turns into a fight because what you're supposed to have already put in them should work from your mouth. You see what I'm saying? You now have to learn how to grab that child by the heart and teach them the word of God and live it. Now, for a while, they may reject it, but you keep giving it to them, and they'll have enough to make their choice openly, whether they're going to choose life or death. And it's going to hurt us if they choose death. We don't want to see our young ones, especially our kids, just choose death. We don't want to see it. But if they are deceived into choosing it, we can help them. But if they just hell-bent on going to hell, what can you do? Don't carry it any longer. You will find yourself in an early grave. Cast all your cares on him. Why? For he cares. What? For you. Don't you kill you trying to help folk that don't want help. All they want is a phone call. All they want is a text. They don't want help. Because if they did, you wouldn't have to call them every day, every week, over, over, over for the next five years. And they're still talking about the same thing in the same place and never to the next level of blessing. They still don't come to Sunday school. They still don't come to Bible study. They still don't come to church. They still don't serve. What are you doing? If you got a truck that you can't fix and it's gone, what you tell the people that bring it to you? Either you're going to get a new motor, in other words, it's got to be born again, or you're just going to be taxidermy. Just sit down there in the yard looking good. 
Amen. Okay. Did you receive what I said? Did you receive what he said through me? Amen. Do you believe what God has said according to his word? Are you believing it enough to be faithful and speak over into every situation in your life the word of God and stand firm on it and watch that thing turn like the boat, like a boat or the turns a big boat around. Start speaking that word to whatever it is and watch God turn it around. Watch him turn it around. I believe that. I, be I said I believe that. I don't think there's anything that's impossible for God to do. Nothing is impossible for God. God can turn your situation around, and he can start today. He can start today. And the scripture we're going to give you from this little uh, series or sermon, so to speak, will be things that's going to help you trust God and do just that. Amen? That's what we need. That's what we need, something to help us. And not just comfort us and soothe us. Sometimes you just got to be rebuked. You got to be corrected. I thank God that he chastens whom he loves. It's only for a season. You're going to come right out of this. You watch. Amen. Amen. So can I just ask God uh, a blessing over your life right now? First of all, if you're here and you know you're not born again. And it's something you know 